Everybody, welcome to the Yoshimura Midweek Podcast. Uh, I'm Don Maeda, joined by my longtime friend, Todd Ford, uh, now of Custom Upfits, who is a uh, van upfitter. You know, I didn't know the word upfit until I met you. I didn't know that was a term, upfits. Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of a well-known term, like for guys that are like building um, putting shelves in a plumber's van or something like that, you know, yeah. when they go to the like, dealership, oh, you got to get this upfit for a plumber's package or electrician's package. But we we started building back in 2011, mm -hmm. um, building mobile wheel repair, paint repair vans and stuff like that. And it was just, hey, we needed a van upfit or just built. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where it all started from. Okay. So, uh, man, so I've met Todd. Let's date ourselves here. So I was at... Cycle News still. 95. It was 95? Yeah. And then, yeah, so I was at Cycle News, and Todd worked at a graphic company with another one of our good friends, Ryan Persley. And uh, you were a sales guy, right? Pretty much, yeah. Just, uh, You're on the phone? Did sales and um, kind of had the rough the rough part of doing the sales there, you know, the the, the low percentage of, of uh, money and a short, short amount of, of uh, hourly. I don't uh -huh. maybe no hourly, but... It was cool to get your, you know, the your foot in the door and being in the industry and, um, but it it also gave you the idea that sometimes the industry wasn't as fun to be working in. It was more mm -hmm. fun to just be a rider, a dirt bike rider. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think uh, we spent a lot of days at the track riding and racing and and the thing I remember about you most is that you were like super duper skinny and you used to push your jersey sleeves up like. Not just the lessy style above the elbow, but like halfway up your bicep. Get, was that like to deal with arm pump or something? No, just wanted to be cool. I think Jeff Willow used to do it like that too. So oh, you, Jeff you know, Willow, that's a name. There's there's a name for that you haven't heard in a while, but yeah, I think I think Willow used to do it, and a couple of guys they used to see out at the, like the old original LACR when you used to go out there, and and uh, those guys would do it because old cotton jerseys, you know, and you yeah. and they would stick to you, so you just like move them up a little bit. Yeah, and isn't it fun. funny? Because I mean, you're an old timer like me. It's like how much riding gear has changed through the years right like remember the the cotton jerseys you'd buy you'd save up your money you buy a new cinesolo cotton jersey and in practice some guy would go through a mud puddle and splash you and it's stained and ruined for good right pretty much i remember having a like uh some old extreme gear and i had extreme, to and you had yeah. to cut the back out to make it vented for yourself yeah. and 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 you could do that with the cotton and it wouldn't mess it up and and stuff so it was it was it was it's definitely different than what you wear today, right? Yeah. So when you, like today I wear TLD and I love the stuff, but it almost feels like you're wearing your jammies. You know, the the pants are so thin and yeah. loose and light, and the 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 the, shirt, the jerseys are really lightweight. So mm -hmm. it's just it's just a, I love it. I mean, I like I like the gear now kind of better than that. It yeah. Doesn't stick to you as much, you know. So yeah, it's completely different. I mean, yeah. and then remember how baggy stuff used to be back then too, <laughs> and now it's all skin tight. You were looking like. Uh, uh, figure skater or something today pretty much you know <laughs> i mean that's just the gear like i said i i you may like you mentioned the gear today compared to like the old school stuff like the old even like the what the turn 98 99 when the shift stuff came out and it still mm -hmm. had that nylon feel and just kind of it was just different then and and still had the the cotton jerseys but i like the the stuff now it seems like they want it to be more form fitting i guess is yeah. what they're selling it yeah. as well i don't have the form for that tight gear so no neither do i you know <laughs> I gotta lose a few lbs and I'll look a little bit better in it. So we'll see what happens. Okay. okay, so that was way back in the two-stroke days. Yep. That we were riding together. Um, well, 
what made you want to work in the motocross industry? Obviously, you rode dirt bikes, raced dirt bikes, so you had a love for it. But yeah, I think did you the, just think the industry was a great way to get rich? And <laughs> somebody once told me that the only way you're going to make money in the motorcycle industry is if you own the company in the motorcycle industry, um, and that you sell, you know, the product or your wares or whatever you do. And I think to a lot of degree that they're very correct in that. Um, I think it's just the glamour of it all. You don't want to, you want to see behind the curtain, especially if you want to get the right passes to go to Supercross or Motocross, or you want to, you know, maybe get a cool part because you know somebody that can get you a really mm-hmm. cool part. And um, I remember back in the day, like I had a, I had a Kawasaki a KX125, and your brother helped me out with like an aluminum throttle tube and and one of the first ones that were out, and um, which was cool. And then he helped me with some suspension work back then, and so almost for the lower amount of money that you made in the industry, um, it kind of, to some degrees, it, it, the connections yeah. kind of help make up for for that loss, you know? So if you're, like, you knew somebody that could get you some tires or, like, one-offs or something like that and maybe some suspension work or graphics or this or that. And mm-hmm. that was, I think that was the cool part, but not for, you know, married guy with kids and stuff like that. You're not really surviving um, the, way you, the way you need to be surviving. So Yeah. And now I think a lot of things have changed, though, in the industry because it seems like there's a lot more corporate businesses yeah. that have certain packages and, and labor laws and things that, that they have to be governed by. Like back in the day, I think when I worked at that unnamed graphic company, it was, I, I mean, I think I was like 10% commission. Mm-hmm. That was it. I got no base rate. So yeah. uh, so if you're in commission the... Commission only. Oh, yeah, my. yeah. So if you were in like... July and new bikes haven't come out yet, so nobody needs new pre-cut backgrounds or whatever. Not they, was it even graphics center? Was it just backgrounds and numbers? No, the they were doing. They had they had graphics, yeah. but they were just like a preset graphic. You weren't be able, yeah. you couldn't customize not, them the way you could like do it now. Today, where it's digital, that's another thing that's changed quite a bit, right? That was old silk screen uh, graphics, and oh, remember those horrible seat covers you guys made with the graphics on the side? Yes, impossible to install. And they and they and the. Some laminated stick to the foam and it was just it was just a mess all the way around they were like brown out now and stuff that's yeah it wasn't it wasn't the best to use but it but it looked great i mean that was the whole that's the i think that's still the name of the game today right mm-hmm. you want your bike to look amazing when you unload it and um whether it's stickers or billet or bling and some sort you know or carbon fiber now i know like guys mm-hmm. from the helo do that and stuff so there's some cool stuff that people have that that make the bike look rad yeah so. Okay, uh, from the graphic company, did you do anything else in the industry? Because, to be honest, I lost track of you, right? I didn't know. Well, did. well when Ryan had, uh, when you guys first started Thrall Syndicate, I remember he had that van that you built with the big crazy shade on the side. He's like, oh, yeah, check out this van. He goes, you remember Todd Ford? And I'm all, who? And he goes, Todd Ford, he was our sales guy. I was like, the guy that pushed his jersey up real high? And he goes, yeah. And then... I was like, oh, wow. And he owns this upfitting company now. Yeah, you know, we, um, my wife and I and our two boys, um, we just got really, I don't want to say burned out, but like the industry and certain things that were going on. And um, I was already doing electrical work. Um, and one weekend we went up north to Julie's parents live up, up north in Sacramento area. And we went up there and we went to do a little race uh, up there. And um, I just told my wife, I go, we've been coming up here two weekends in a row. We should just, we should just see if I can find a job up here. And I said, and I went out and I applied for three jobs and I got all three jobs like the same day. Mm-hmm. And 
she was at a position where she could actually transfer up back up to Northern California. And we told the, I told the guy, I'm like, look, I'll take this job, but I'll be here. I can start next Monday. And we came back down here and loaded up a U-Haul and moved. And we didn't really tell anybody we were moving. We were just like, we're done. Mm -hmm. We went up there and I didn't come back down South to go riding with anybody for about six months or so. Mm -hmm. And then, um, just did electrical work and worked for a couple of contractors actually got, was going through this time where I was headhunted out. Like every six months, somebody would, would, would kind of like bait the hook for you. Hey, we come to work for me. I'll buy you a new truck or I'll buy you this, that. And then it was bonuses, bonuses and stuff. And then finally in about 2002, my wife goes, you're working for all these other people. It's time for you to just go out on your own. So I had my, so I started my own electrical contracting company and Mm -hmm. did really well with it. And the downturn in 07, 08 really affected us bad. And then we went through some 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 rocky times, and then in 2011, a big national company came to me and said, "Hey, you know, you've been doing this electrical work, and you have a really creative mind. Could you build this trailer for me?" And sure, we so we built like our first trailer in my driveway uh-huh. in Folsom in the track home, and went from there to a small shop and bigger shop, and then um, by 2012, I think we were in our 10,000 square foot shop that we're in right now still, mm-hmm. and. Um, just just took off so we started off making mobile wheel repair and paint repair yeah I remember for that. like the automotive industry and we still which we still do we're, so we're, that's a trailer that has a tire changer in it and yeah and and like so our new one has a tire changer and has a cnc the cnc wheels if they're scratched and and has a paint booth inside it and it's it's one of our top sellers right now and we have a trailer that you could actually put a whole car in and paint the whole car inside of a trailer no way so we painted a car at the SEMA show in 2017 in Vegas during the during the show during the four days of the show, my mm-hmm. son actually still has the car. It was a Ford Focus RS, the, so it was the race car. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we, yeah, we we had a little a lot of really cool things to do. And then when Ryan and I hooked back up, I'd already been doing some moto vans. Like I think one of the first moto vans I did was for Ryder Di Francisco when he was still riding that the van. small yeah. 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 And um, so him and Styles and a couple other guys, Jet Reynolds, and um, then we did the started throttle syndicate up and then COVID hit and seemed like one day, one day I lost like $500,000 in commitments to build automotive stuff. Oh wow! And then I was freaking out and Julie's freaking out and we were just like, what do we do? What do we do? And almost like a day later, we got a phone call. Hey, I heard you built, you built Ryder D's van and can, can will you build ours? And then within maybe a week, we probably had four vans back mm-hmm. up at the shop and we we're like okay i guess we we're gonna build moto vans for a while and then and my guys like doing it they like the creativity side of it and we still do a lot of paint stuff too so we have like basically almost two sides mm-hmm. of what we do and then but the blessing has just been just working fine working for different people i mean we built your van even and mm-hmm. and just working with different people um and being creative and people just going, here's my van and, and it's do your thing. Or, and some people will say what they really, really want, but they're, you know, you get a lot of leeway in what we do. And I'm really happy with what we do. And I'm really happy with the company that we have. Um, there's a lot of great van builders out there right now. Um, I don't know if they're, you know, I don't, I don't sort of judge us where they are from where we are. I know what we have, you know, because of our automotive stuff, we have to have, higher end insurance like our liability insurance is inc- is incredible for what we maintain so mm-hmm. that same the same insurance that we have to have for Fletcher Jones motor cars that we build for 
um, we have that we have that same insurance that covers Mrs. Smith's Sprinter van if we build mm-hmm. their van. Um, we have a California manufacturer's license, which not a lot of people I think even realize you have to have. Um, so we have a lot of that stuff, and and I think that's what helps separate us from other van builders. Maybe I don't know. Just yeah. but just I think just the main thing is our crew. Like our crew, I think we all get it and we all work together. And, we, and guys that I was with doing electrical work are still with me doing the vans and that's rad it's easier when you work with your friends right it's like more of a team team feel yeah there's no egos at our place and that's i think that's a really cool part of of our shop is you know you you kind of have those moments where you're walking through and you're looking at projects and you know somebody will bring up a suggestion and and oh that will will work or this will work I tell people sometimes, I go, I have my days of thunder moment, you know, like Robert, where Robert Duvall's walking around the car, talking to the car and telling him what he's <laughs> going to do to the car. And I, I find myself doing like, I don't sit there and talk to the van when I'm out there, but you'll walk through there when nobody's in the building and you'll come up with a really cool idea mm-hmm. and, and then it works. Yeah. And we build some, and so building cool stuff is, it's so much fun. We have a tow truck right now. I told my wife, I said, I'm doing this, this project for I always joke about it because I can't really talk about who they are, but they make phones and they're mm. and they're named after a produce, a piece of produce. So, okay. Um, and they needed a tow truck, but it wants to, it has to be enclosed tow trucks. So Julie let me go. We went to Vegas to the tow truck show and we bought a tow truck. Uh-huh. Like, oh, we bought a tow truck. And and then what are you going? The guy's like, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, I'm going to build a box on it that's going to open up with hydraulics, and you're going to be able to hide a car, and nobody will know what kind of car is in there when you drive it down the road. And we actually did it. We actually we have it at the shop right now. Really? It's, it's like maybe a couple couple days away from being 100 percent done. And and that company supposedly still interested in it, but if they're not, then we're going to take it to the tow truck show and we'll sell it there. <laughs> so it it's that's the cool part about like my wife is amazing when it comes to letting me like chase the vision a little bit. She, yeah. she, she holds me back. So, you know, I'm not going to spend every dime that we have, but at the same time, she lets me do certain things. So we have a really cool partnership in that where, where she holds me down and keeps me grounded because if she didn't, then it would be just wacky stuff all over the place yeah. and money, no money left in the bank. So, Hey, so this whole time, did you continue to ride moto? Yeah. Like, did you never quit? I never quit, but I didn't, I never rode, like, I think this is one of the reasons why I loved doing the van things, because we talk about memory making, and, and, you know, with our boys, when, when, in, in, you know, mid-2000s, stuff like that, we had a Weekend Warrior bumper pull, and we used mm-hmm. to go all, come, we used to come down here, and we used to sleep in parking lots, and then we'd hit a track this day, and then we'd go to another track another day, and, you know, we used to joke how, um, my wife had to buy a Suburban because I would take, because we had, you know, had it would seat eight and we could still tow our Weekend Warrior and we would take our two boys plus the neighbor's two boys and then two other kids and we'd all jump in the van, car and drive down here and ride like three tracks and then we'd head home and they just loved it. And they'll still talk about to this day, like the memories that we got to make yeah. when we would go to all these things. And, and so I still got to ride with them and ride with the boys as they were getting older and stuff. And mm-hmm. now that they're both the, you know, I have a grandson and he kind of rides and stuff and that's been fun to do some stuff with them, but always rode, but not, um, cause I live 10 minutes from the Hangtown track mm-hmm. and then all the stuff up in Riverfront and East street and MMX. So there's a lot of tracks within 45 minutes of my house, but, um, 
not as much as I would have liked to, you know, work. I'm a, I am a workaholic, so um, I don't get to ride as much as I'd like. Okay, but it's probably been uh, advantageous as a van upfitter, as a guy who rides and knows what somebody who loads a motorcycle in is looking for or could benefit from, as opposed to like a guy who's just used to building campers. And No, and I, I, I agree, yeah. I mean, um, there's... It's interesting how we figure out how who we build for and how we build for them. So, like, if you build like a van for a pro guy, it's different. You get a lot of input from them what they use compared to like if you build something for a person that rides fifties or sixties that are just getting into it and what they want or what they need. Um, myself, we've been able to go out and you know for a van that we first built, which people will still like. You know, I don't like it now. I, I want to make a change, and I think that our vans that we that we build now, especially with our two or three different main layouts. Um, nothing's wasted in there. No space mm-hmm. isn't wasted. What we put in there, you know, there's not fluff in there to make it like, oh, hey, look at that. That, th- that thing's really cool, but we don't use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so there's definitely a difference in there. One thing we learned, one thing we I think we still use because of building for in the automotive side. So we'll build for guys, you know, in the automotive side, we'll build all over the United States and Canada. And so with, on this moto, on the moto van side, we still do the exact same thing. We build all over the United States mostly. And, um, you know, so guys in, say, Connecticut, their van, they might be needing something different in their van compared to, say, a guy from SoCal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I can, I can, I could almost tell you where, where the line is drawn for who we build for and uh-huh. the age brackets of where we build for um, yeah. are very different. Um, you know, guys are, say, 35, 40 years old up, um, they love, they like our vans. They, they're, you know, older kids are moving out of the house, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they like buying the vans. And then a lot of younger people, you know, kids that are just getting into it, 50s, 60s, 80s. Um, we do a lot of vans for families like that. The kids in the middle is where we don't do a lot of stuff for, it seems like. It's mm-hmm. their, they've got their plan already figured out almost like, oh, we're, we're, you know, we're good. We got our big motorhome and a trailer and we know where we're going. Yeah. So. It's funny because uh, I was never about vans, right? Because my first vehicle my dad bought me was a 1972 Chevy one-ton van. The kind that goes like six feet behind the rear wheel. And I had it. He bought it from his business partner who bought it for fishing trips to Mexico, right? So it had like five rows of seats in it or something. So I got it, took the rows out and... I could put two Kawasaki 253 wheelers in there. One backwards, one forward, staggered, right? But as my first vehicle, driving to high school in this brown window van with white rims was really lame. And so, like, I hated the van, really. It was my first vehicle, but, like, that thing broke down all the time and everything. And I used to have to, like, have a hammer in the back. And if it was hot, I had to get on the ground and bang on the starter to make it start and stuff so i just had this big predisposition against vans and then during covid uh ryan villapoto put on that mx fight club in ohio and uh i went out to shoot it and that was i don't know if you remember but ivan tedesco had a seizure mm-hmm. and so he was in the hospital for a few days and ryan had to drive home and so after the race is all over he's like hey dude what are you doing tomorrow i'm all probably riding my mountain bike, you know, right when I get home from 
the airport. And he goes, no, dude, you're driving home with me. And I'm all, no way, dude. I'm not driving home from Ohio to California. Because previous to that, the furthest I'd ever driven in my life, I think, was to Salt Lake City. But it took us two days, and we drove home in a Sprinter. And I was kind of into the Sprinter on the drive home. You know, it was really nice. It was a lot, of course, a lot nicer than my old Chevy van. It's 1972. But, uh, it's pretty funny because then not sh- not too long after that, because of COVID, uh, the Toyota Escondido, they shut down their mm-hmm. team for a little while. So I had to buy a vehicle, right? So I was like, well, I'm going to buy a Tundra to show loyalty to the dealership that kept me in a truck for eight years, right? And I just happened to be talking to Ryan, and he's he's like the king of peer pressure. He's like, dude, dude, get a van. Van life, van life. Get a van, get a van, get a van. And the guy literally pressured me into buying a van. So I went to... Uh, see Izzy at Walters and I got a van and it was a cargo van so it was like a tin can right but I I called you know, I was like hey can you help me build this van out and I wanted something simple I just wanted A to be quiet and B to be sealed off from the back so I didn't get the gas fumes and you went to town and did the rest and uh, I asked you to keep it simple and you did a couple things I thought were a little extravagant but like that light but I'll be dang, dude. I use that light quite a bit when I'm washing bikes at night. You know? I, well, I still remember you didn't want me to put a stereo system in the back, and then I showed up at your house to tighten something up, and then you had that little, like, JBL, like, Bluetooth yeah. thing dangling in the <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, would you just give me this van so I can put the stereo in the back for you? Because yeah. this is just not what we need to see in the back of this van. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but but you like van life now. I mean, Love I mean you not like the fact... That you can lock it up right now. I have your van for a couple of days, and you've been driving a rental truck. And yeah, I hate it. You, it's That's not the same. Man. So, I yeah. mean, Julie and I, we 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 did a trip a couple a month or two back, and we drove out through Texas and up through Tennessee, and went to a Raisin Door Mountain Bike Park. Brought our mountain bikes, and we were racing in Kentucky, and and it was like we slept in the van a couple nights along the way, which mm-hmm. I was blown away. My wife wanted to sleep in the van, and that was cool. <laughs> Um, we did a trip last year back from Redbud and we stopped at, um, Mount Rushmore and stuff. We went mm-hmm. the high route. And so the van has been, for me, I love it. And I, and I didn't have a van up until that point. And one of my, one of my employees that was doing social media for me, she, one day she goes, don't you have like the coolest van or, or the coolest trailer? You have to have something cool. And I was like, no, I drive a pickup truck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I ended up saying man i told my wife i go i think i need to go buy a van so i went and bought a van and built it for myself and and i'm in i mean i'm in love with having the van i like having my stuff locked up in the back if i don't know what i'm going to do that day if i want to leave my mountain bike in the back or you know when we may go ride then it's just so different like you know we're down this weekend weekend week here and all our stuff's in the van and it just makes it so much easier to, to, to just to maneuver and do things and um and I mean, I'm blessed to do it. I can't, can't, can't thank the Lord enough for as much as I get to do. And I mean, even our give back side of what we get to do for the mm-hmm. industry with the, the heart raft trailer. Mm-hmm. And we did mm-hmm. that one for Brian Moreau and we did that one giveaway with the van with Justin Barsha. Um, so we've done some really cool stuff. We've raised a lot of money with road to recovery and, um, those are the fun parts about doing this business and stuff is, is, is being able to have access to, you know, a cheap trailer that we can convert and then use it as a giveaway or the van that we gave away. It was a free van and having to put a new motor in it, but 
it was a cool giveaway in the amount of money that we raised for Road to Recovery, which is for all Moto. I mean, for all these yeah. guys that we watch on Saturday or Saturday night, you know, to help out guys and like Brandon or Brian Moreau, and you know, where, you know, you know, yeah, they're not the top, top, super top tier, but they're mm-hmm. guys that are, they're guys that are there that make the show, mm-hmm. and they're and and they don't have all the funds when they get seriously hurt, and um, the Road to Recovery side has been fun, been it's been fun but it's been good for us and mm-hmm. we've really enjoyed our partnership with them and again it's my wife my wife lets me buy a trailer i'll tell her what i want to do and then she'll think about it and then she'll she'll be like well i'm not going to tell you yes or no you already know what you're going to do so <laughs> <laughs> she just put, kind of puts a cap on it but but it's fun to that's where you get the creative side too like you can yeah. get really creative and invent something and use it in one of those giveaway things and then See if it's going to stick for something you want to use downstream. Mm-hmm. So, um, am I correct in guessing that you're probably the one of the largest, if not the largest, fundraisers for Road to Recovery? I think you've so. You've done so many things for them. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm what I'm proud of is especially like the last go around when we did the Brandon Hart Rap trailer. I mean, we I think we raised fifty seven thousand dollars with that mm-hmm. trailer, and we take nothing from that. Yeah. So all that money and all that money went straight into road recovery and went to Brandon's um, fund. And, and, you know, we, people think that you pay yourself back with that money or, Mm -hmm. you know, you do whatever and, and nope, we didn't. And, um, and I'm, and I'm happy to be able to do that. You know, I'm blessed to be able to do certain things like that. And, and it's not that we make tons of money building vans. We, you know, we, we're not in it for practice, obviously, but we do a lot of freebies or a lot of discounts and stuff like that. And, but we have, but because we have a commercial side where we where we do certain things for other companies, and you know our profit margins are different, and so we're able to to do things um like that. Um, but even before I was building vans on the motor side, uh, um, the first thing I did for Road Recovery was I gave away a motorcycle. Um, they Lori got me seated into the 125 Dream Race that they were doing back in 2019, oh, yeah, yeah, I that. and um, we went up to. Washugal, and I was already seated in, so I didn't even have to qualify. And they had a lot of guys there, and everybody's like, "Who's this number fifty-seven Todd Ford guy? <laughs> like, how did he get in?" You know, and um, but it was so rad. I got, I knew I was gonna get lapped, and I got lapped. Um, but they still showed me as like thirteenth, and uh-huh. um, I was, I still joke around with Tevin Tapia about it. I'm like, man, hey, I really appreciate you when you came around me that you didn't like park me in the trees, and he kind of <laughs> jokes we laugh about it now, but. Um, but Villapoto won and, and Ryan was gracious enough to stay on the stage and pull the name and somebody won my bike. Yeah. Like, like I pulled off the track and straight onto the podium and they gave Ryan his trophy for winning. And then Ryan pulled the name for the winner and, um, we raised like 10 grand that day and mm-hmm. somebody just took that modded out CR125 that we had and, and left. And that's kind of what got the bug. Like, yeah. Like I want, I'm in, I'm on this road to recovery deal. I want to do something next year. I want to do something next year. And, and I think we've done something almost every year now. So it's been cool. That's awesome. Hey Todd, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Everyone, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast presented by Yoshimir R&D with Todd Ford of Custom Upbits. So I bought tickets to the Heart Raft trailer, right? You can get sillier with a trailer than 
with a van, huh? Because there's more room and yeah, it's just a different constraints. platform. It's a dude. That van, that trailer had some really cool stuff in it. The guy that won it, um, he was pumped. He came up and he saw it, and you know, because all the videos that we try to do a lot of cool videos to, so people could see what the trailer actually was and every 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 piece of it. Um, but when the guy came up, he couldn't believe just the intricacies of what we did, you know, with the way the beds came down to the upper beds, to the awning on the outside and water. And, um, he kept saying, Oh, I got this. Oh, I got this. And that was, <laughs> and that was fun because, you know, he, he, he was one of those guys that bought a lot of tickets, you know, 50% because he wanted to help Brandon and 50% because he wanted to try to win a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's been, that was the fun part. You know, you give the guy comes up there and their smiles go from ear to ear and, mm-hmm. and they love it. And, and I'm sure you'll see it somewhere down here in Southern California. I think. Oh, is he? From yeah, he's from here? Palmdale, Lancaster area. Oh, okay. Nice. And and uh, yeah, they did it. But again, they Road Recovery did their thing, and they pulled the name, and they gave us the name, and um, and that was it. This that's the fun part I like now about doing the giveaways with Road Recovery is I let them handle all the money, and they handle pulling the name, and then they just send me the name, and then I get to announce it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, that it just that trailer was phenomenal. Mm. Um, and I to try to recreate it would be difficult almost because <laughs> it had just all the pieces and parts in it and and when brandon got hurt you know i went to i went to my wife i was like babe can we can we do this and and because we had done some stuff we she's like yeah but you know she she didn't like put a cap on it but she already knew i was gonna go crazy on it because i wanted to do something better than the brian moreau trailer because it mm-hmm. was that was a really cool trailer yeah um but yeah that you I think if you saw it in person, you'd be stoked to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'd say that the Swap Moto Live van is probably on the mild side, right? Mm-hmm. Just a wall, a couple cabinets. What's like the craziest van you've built? I'm doing it right now. Are you? Yeah. It's, uh, I have a, a client. They're out of, I think, like North Dakota or Minnesota area. Mm-hmm. And she's really put the challenge to us of... of um, um, we have this carbon fiber material, like fabric material, um, and we're doing a lot of red stitching in it and integrating some Corian countertops and oh, inlays wow. in the cabinets and had to come up with this really cool flooring because they have a white bulldog and the hair and the bulldog. They didn't want, you know, so the flooring couldn't be dark to you see the hair <laughs> from the dog. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of requests that way. We, we, all the seats, the driver's seat and passenger seat, we had to, um, redo all the stitching, take the white stitching out and put red stitching in it. Um, no. so it matches the, yeah. all the seats around in the back. So there's a lot of like really intricate pieces of the van that we're doing. I have an amazing upholstery guy in house. Mm-hmm. Um, just one of my business practices, you know, I, we do our own powder coating there. We do our own, you know, fab work. We do our own now upholstery and we have our own line X machine still sitting in a crate somewhere. So we still got to start doing that, but we're, <laughs> But I've always believed if you control most of the process that you can, you know, your pricing can be better, but you can, but you also have less, I don't know, issues. But right now, um, this is the one van that we're doing that's just, it's maxed out. Just, <laughs> just people, time, everything yeah. involved. So, Well, when someone from like another state like that, do they buy a van and send it to you or do you have a resource to just buy a van for them? Both. So, um, you know, right now we're in that weird mode with vans where some dealerships won't sell to out of state people, Hmm. um, down here more than like up in Northern California, we have a Sprinter dealer and a Ford dealer that will, will, will help us out with that and actually help with financing, even to finance the upfit in through that, through the factory stuff. Um, 
but we do both ways. We have guys that just put them on the back of a truck and they ship them to us. I have a driver that will go pick up the van from them and drive it back and do it and then drive it back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's no limitations. You know, when people are like, oh, you're way out there. It's like, yeah, but we can put it on the flatbed. Yeah. Send my driver. What, are, what would you like to do if you'd like us to build for you? We're going to take the, we're going to make it easier for you. If you want to just buy a new van, we'll go buy you a van and we can get you all the proper paperwork so that you don't do the taxes here. You can pay taxes when you get back home stuff. So we've learned a lot over from, again, from all the years of doing all the other stuff to where we're now doing moto vans. It's like, Oh yeah, no problem. So yeah. um, makes it easier. We actually just got a light. We got, um, a number for to sell van or not to sell vans, but to um, like a um, uh, uh, through transportation. Uh, my mm-hmm. son's been helping out on some of that stuff too, to so we can actually become a dealer and stuff like that. Oh, not so okay. much a dealer to, to just get a dealer's license. So if we want to go to um, to the auctions, we can go there and buy a van for people and, mm-hmm. and help out that way and help out that way also. We can help out with some of the paperwork and stuff like that for out of state people. So yeah. It's funny how, uh, well, you know, we talk about the, the iPhones always listening to you or your Alexa or whatever. I just, when, once I got my van from you, like I've never Googled anything. I get the suggestion, oh, Facebook, Moto Vans page. I'm like, yeah. So I like kind of took a look around and stuff, but people get so into it, you know? It just really blows me away. But then there's like guys that are diehards with the old style vans, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, have you upfitted like an old style? Do they still produce them like that? Yeah, they, what, we like? did. A, we did a free van for a kid out of Florida, Jacksonville. He had a old Chevy Express van, mm-hmm. um, and and he was talking to me about something. I'm like, look, if you if you want to come out here with that van, I'll build it for you for free. And he's like, no way. And I'm thinking, you're in Jacksonville. Are you going to come out? And sure enough, man, the next day he was on the road. No way. He was like, I'm on my way, man. And he drove all the way out, and and uh, we built it for him, and, and it was fun to build for him, mm-hmm. and it was cool because it was an old school van, and um, and we've done we did Daniel Blair's van, um, just did a couple things like a wall and some different stuff in it, and honestly, building those vans is harder than building a Sprinter because there's way less room to work with. Yeah, because right? you're ducked down when you're yeah. getting in there, you know. And I got a couple guys that are tall that work with me, and, <laughs> and they're like. Dude, I don't want to touch that van. I can't crawl in there to get this panel cut right or something like that. So everybody complains a little bit that way. But yeah, you what, can't the wow factor them as much though. What's your favorite van to, to create into a moto van? It's like I like the, the Sprinter, the one, the, the tall, long, tall. Yeah, the one seventy, one seventy extendeds even are nicer just because you know the building a van again. It goes back to the science of it all. The you know, you have a weight rating on on the van. Like, what's your free what's your free limit of what you're allowed to weight this thing out at mm-hmm. and fully loaded? And so, when a lot of times you have to kind of talk people backwards a little bit on what they want to build, yeah. um, because you know, wood weighs X or aluminum that we use weighs X, and you know, you, you know, an advert upfit could weigh thousand to fifteen hundred pounds, mm-hmm. and then it only leaves you a little bit of you know another thousand Carbon pounds weight, to yeah. load parts and bikes in there and and do everything and um and so that can become a little difficult so the sprinter has one of the larger um cargo weighting ratings mm-hmm. on it and gvw so it makes it a little bit easier not to have to tell somebody no yeah. you can't add that or do that and stuff so 
You know, uh, my wife recently jumped on the Tesla bandwagon, and I was super skeptical about it. And I was like, Duh. you know what? Don't buy it. Lease it. Because if that way, if we don't like it, we just give it back. I, I honestly can't wait till electric vans are a thing. They're out yeah. now, so yeah, we, but till they're good. No, yeah. and that well, that's the problem. So we went to the work truck show in mm-hmm. Indianapolis back in the week before Indy Supercross. They have the work truck show in Indy, and um, you know they're out there. Obviously, there's like even a company out of Arizona that does conversions on sprinters. They'll really? take the old sprinters and they'll they'll gut them and you know take all the motor and stuff out of them. They put them, make them all electric and. But the range is not there. Yeah. And yeah. I think the range right now, you'll spend $50,000 to change it over, get rid of the motor and stuff, but you only get maybe 150 miles out yeah, of it. Yeah, that's no good. It's not, it's not. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just like, wow. Because we also, concurrently, we did solar on our house, right? And a friend owns a solar company, so he gave us a free car charger. So effectively, we're driving the Tesla for, for free. free. And... I just really like the way the electric power band is and everything. And I'm just like, oh, dude, when a van is good enough, we're getting one. But then I have to think when you weight it down, the range gets lower. Lower, air conditioning. So you have to be really careful about the upfit. Yeah. And and and, And that was, again, that was one of the reasons why we went to the show. This year was was because we wanted to talk to people about to see see what was out there for electric because we, you know, one of our customers was was is heavy on wanting to maybe do a couple of electric vans and mm-hmm. stuff like that and, um, but it just doesn't make it doesn't pencil out to make a lot of sense even even yeah. for an upfitted van to whether it's whether it's a moto van or it's you know a mobile office mm-hmm. um and and at the moment it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah from what we can see. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so switching a little bit away from van talk, you're down here because we rode a really interesting bike today. Okay, so in the off season, everyone was wondering where Ken Roxon's going to end up. He he uh, rides a Cowie somewhere, loves it, rides a Yamaha Club, thinks he's going to go the Cowie route. Mitch Payton builds two amazing bikes for him. And uh, then he signs with Twisted T Suzuki. And you got your hands on one of those KX450s. So what does it feel like to know that you own one of the trickiest Kawasaki's that a normal person can get their holds on? It's amazing. It's I mean, it's it's cool to, a bit to have something that only two existed. And mm-hmm. you have one of them. And, you know, we got to ride it. And I'm not a 450 guy. You know, the joke is still that we bought the bike to use for the sidecar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and after I rode the bike today, I'm 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 excited more excited to ride right now than I was before. And I have and I have another bike from Mitch that they built, but it's a two fifty. Mm-hmm. This and the basically the Roxon version of Cow Cowie was is a it's a bullet. Yeah. It's and it makes you want to go ride it. Yeah, it's funny because uh we had Pat Foster ride your bike. And uh, the standard 23KX450SR, you know, the works edition bike, is so much faster and more powerful than the standard KX. Like, I love that thing, right? And he rode our SR after he got off yours, and he goes, brother, 
this thing's a little pussycat compared to that bike. And I did it in the reverse. So I rode the SR yeah. first, which I, so I hadn't ridden a 450 in maybe 10, 15 years. And so I got on the, on the SR and I was, I was actually a little bit scared, but I had a good time. I rode it and jumped, started jumping it and I felt pretty good on it, on the SR. And, um, and then, man, we got on that, I got on that 94 and it was night and day compared to the SR, the mm-hmm. way, it, the, just the way the suspension was, how powerful it was that just that snappy sound out of the exhaust. Mm-hmm. It, I, I think I told you afterwards, I go, I don't even need a two stroke anymore. I got that little snappiness off yeah. of this, off this pipe, off of the way the bike snaps back at you. It's crazy. But I, I, I definitely, that's a bike that if I, if I continue to ride it, it's a bike that you have to have so much respect for. Cause mm. I think it'll put you on the ground yeah. fast if you don't pay attention to it. Yeah. So uh, you, you alluded to the sidecar thing. Uh, Todd is, uh, heavily involved with veteran, veteran MX, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I took a ride in this. He built a sidecar on a KX250 and the purpose of it is to give disabled veterans the experience of riding around a motocross track, correct? Yeah. So, uh, he had this thing at Paris a couple months ago and, and Mike Antonich was in town. I'm all, Hey, you're my monkey. Get in there. <laughs> so Anton and I did some laps around the vet track and I was horrified, but tell me about that project and your involvement with veteran MX. So veteran MX is all about, um, so others may ride. Um, that's their, their mantra there. And it's, it's awesome. It's been a, a good experience to be a, a part of their, their group. Um, they have a championship in Kansas every year. Um, and, and so it's active duty and, um, you know, retired veterans. Uh, I was in the military, so did four years in, in the army, but there's, there's guys that are currently active and guys that are, you know, out and it's just throttle therapy. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, it's all about throttle therapy. Um, we built the sidecar and, and with, with the veterans in mind and, um, we were able to actually use it in Tampa, Tampa Supercross for military appreciation. We had a guy named Travis. Uh, we, we got, we flew him out there and he lost his legs in, uh, Iraq. Um, and the funny thing was, is it's, there's a video out there that we shot cause he, I was supposed to like ride him out in, in the opening ceremonies and, and, you know, he's going to be strapped in the sidecar waving and he ends up riding me out. All I had to do is I had to put the bike in gear for him. And then I ran around and sat in the seat of the sidecar. So now I'm sitting in the seat of the sidecar and, um, and we, we, rode out there and um it was so much fun and this guy you know hadn't been on a motorcycle since before he deployed to iraq and i think mid 2000s or something like that Mm -hmm. and now he's he's riding out in the middle of raymond james stadium and all these people screaming and you know this guy has no legs and he it was it was just it was it was epic i mean the only thing that sucked for me out of the whole entire thing was the nbc sports guys took us out and had us go through a different tunnel to come out through a different direction. Mm-hmm. And while that was happening, Vanilla Ice was right there at the at the opening of the stadium. <laughs> so you didn't and, get to meet and my I didn't get to meet Vanilla Ice. And my wife's like, "Oh my god, I was trying to call you. Vanilla Ice was right here." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> like that would have made my weekend. I didn't get to meet Vanilla, but you know, hey, Rob, if you see out this, just call me. Um, yeah. But no, it was it was it was it was cool to be be out there with him and the people um, having the sidecar in the pits during the day and the people that could come over and sit on it. There was a young man um, in a wheelchair and um, his, his dad was 
taking him around and his dad actually picked him up out of the wheelchair and put him in the sidecar and stuff. And, and so we've actually had a couple of people reach out to us and say, man, I'd love to, my son has down syndrome. I'd love to give my son a ride in that thing. And, mm-hmm. and so we we're just trying to find other ways to use the sidecar. Yeah. So veterans MX is our, our main priority. Um, I know this year at their championship, um, custom up, is actually sponsoring the adaptive challenge. Mm-hmm. So we're putting money up for people to help get, um, motorcycle riders, racers out there that, you know, they have a class for upper limb, lower limb and, mm-hmm. and just strapped in like, like, like Doug Henry does. Yeah. And, um, you know, last year there was a guy at the challenge who lost his leg in, I think it was Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And he was just flying around the track. His legs like came detached from the peg and his legs <laughs> flying all over the place. But the dude just has a smile, just railing and, and just racing and having a great time. And, and that's the cool part about being out there with the veterans MX with guys that, you know, they're around this brotherhood. And I think that's mm-hmm. one thing about motorcycles we keep talking about with whether it's being in Veterans MX or just tailgating out at, you know, Fox like we did today. It's just so much fun to reconnect with people and have a good time. And that the motorcycle, whether it's this Roxon, you know, 450, you know, that Mitch and the guys built to just some guy that bought a bike off of, you know, Craigslist and he's out there with his his friends and the camaraderie and that's the love of motorcycles yeah absolutely it's funny like how you meet people thanks to our sport and you don't see them for decades and you see them and it's like you never you pick back up yeah like like you and i did right yeah uh you know it's funny about you're talking about these guys riding the sidecar bike and stuff it's like do you remember ricky james the uh he got paralyzed at a, a race in Florida mm-hmm. and he built a bike. He was like the first guy that went really fast as paralyzed paraplegic with the bars to protect his legs, mm-hmm. go-kart seat and everything. And he's a good friend of mine. So I rode with him quite a bit with that. But when Ross got paralyzed, my brother Ross, I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, do you want me to build you a bike like that? He goes, hell no, man. I don't want to do that. That's dumb. <laughs> but it's just funny how some people have a different, perspective on that right definitely i think I, maybe with, i don't know about how it is with ross i know but he still has this great in, connection into the sport because of mm-hmm. enzo and, and the suspension and he still i think that's maybe if he didn't have that maybe he'd want to but yeah but i think where you get guys that you know that are just i don't say lost but they just they want they that feeling that power that wind mm-hmm. in their face that they that they that they feel like they lost and that sense of normalcy. And that's where, you know, whether it's the sidecar or you're strapped in on the dirt bike or whatever, not, you know, that, and that brings back that camaraderie and, yeah. and, and whether, and you see it today. I mean, look through the pits. You see a lot of groups and people and, and they're all Could having you believe fun. how crowded it was today? Julie goes, does anybody Monday. work down here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was interesting. But yeah, but it was, but it was a great day out there. Yeah, it, just, it was. Just the weather was epic for June mm-hmm. in Southern California. It wasn't hot, and the the day was great, and the tracks were were amazing, and and the people were good, mm-hmm. and and I that's one thing I do enjoy about the sport of motocross, and yeah, is just going out there. We rode uh, another track over the weekend and still had a great time and stuff, but down there's nothing. I don't think there's anything that beats like riding here. Oh, in Southern California, you know, we, we, we got to ride a couple places and that's kind of our, my goal this year is, is to do different things. Um, you know, go to like, we went to South Fork, um, motocross park in mm-hmm. Kentucky and 
it was fun and the people there were amazing and we've been to some other tracks and I think we want to go back to we want to go to a couple more this summer and you know wherever wherever there's something going on and and maybe they'll have a warrior class which a lot of bed MX guys do is the warrior mm-hmm. class and um that's usually a lot of fun but yeah it, uh, but you gotta do it in the van and that's the cool in part the about van, the yeah. van is van life okay so in closing uh people are interested in custom outfits how do they find you how do they contact you um almost the easiest thing is through instagram at custom upbits or you can go to customupfits.com mm-hmm. um and and just do an email and they actually there's a message thing you can actually message me through yeah. the, through the through the website and that's where i would suggest everybody go to and we're also on i think we're on facebook too but um i generally answer all the stuff off of instagram mm-hmm. i pretty much handle a lot of that and um yeah okay so you mentioned rider d Styles Robertson, Jet Reynolds. I know you've done Justin Barsha's van twice. Twice. Um, Andrew Short. Andrew Short. Ryan Morris more recently. Yeah. I saw. And we have Justin Bogle's van at the shop right now. Oh, nice. Um, Tyler Bierman, Chad Reed, um, Davey Millsaps. Oh, okay. You've done a lot. So we've got a few. We have yeah. a few guys in the industry that we've mm-hmm. done some some vans for. And, they all seem to be really happy with it. And again, um, I, I was just texting Davey the other day because he's had a picture of his kid in the back seat because he's driving back and forth from Havasu and kids sacked out. And I'm like, oh, loving the van. He's love the van. Yeah. Just um, so it's cool when these guys are, you know, building for guys like that are awesome. The Reeds have been, you know, Chad and Ellie, they were awesome to deal with and they're really nice. And they, you know, they reached out during, this, during the stuff with my wife was going on. But, um, but I love just building for, just the average person too. Mm-hmm. There's, it's fun to be, because you're all you build for somebody. It's it's almost like I had a, I had a, I had a person say one time he goes, once you deal with you, it's like you're part of the family, and <laughs> and they and and people know everything that you have going on, so they're like part of your family. So, um, I think uh, there's a young man. His name is Wyatt Johnson. I think they race a lot of GNCC stuff. They live mm-hmm. back in Indiana or Illinois, something like that, and they were one of the first ones we built a, a van for and. We still follow them and keep track of them. The Shoemates, um, they're, again, younger families. And we love watching these guys um, kind of grow and progress. You know, it's been like two or three years since you built their van. But mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, you know, you're, but you're still following them and they're still reaching back out to you and saying hello. And um, so it makes them part of the family. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Well, hey, Todd, um, we're out of time, but it's been uh, it's been great riding with you today and watching you uh rip around your rocks and bike. get the world's worst case of arm pump. Ugh. But, uh, that was hurting. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's been great reconnecting with you after, uh, the Jersey up sleeves days and, uh, wish you the best of luck with everything. And if you're, uh, watching or listening and you have a van, definitely give custom updates. Yeah. A look. So, That's it for this week's uh, Yoshimura Midweek Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.